All right, everybody, what's going on? It's your boy, JP the Third. Welcome back to another episode of the Champion Cultivator Podcast. I have a very, very special guest for you all today, uh, my man, Coach Joe. Uh, actually, I don't know his government name, but we'll just keep it at that. That's his uh, <laughs> Twitter handle is at uh, Coach Joe. Uh, actually found this guy, obviously, via Twitter. And just the, the transformation I've seen from a distance is remarkable. So I came in on the tail end of it, but... Before you were working a, a job you hated, you were out of shape, uh, and now it's just like you're you're at a place mentally, uh, emotionally, and financially that you never been before. I'm not sure if you have people in your family who are already at this place, but from what I know about life, it's not common to see people take life by the reins and make what they want from it. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I guess I'll just kind of tell a little bit backstory I'm, I'm 30 um i currently live in new jersey unfortunately um <laughs> i'm married i've been married for just over two years my wife's from jersey so we moved up here to be close to our family um well, I grew, nothing crazy my childhood grew up uh, i have a brother and sister um parents were together they got divorced when i was in eighth grade so that was a little difficult to deal with um but you know, divorce is really never a good thing, but it was the best type of divorce that was possible because they always kept us first. Yeah. So I was able to grow up, see my mom and my dad every week. So that was good. Um, went off to college, uh, University of Dayton, go Flyers, and uh, um, got a degree in exercise science. Came out, I went back home to Atlanta, personal trained there for a year and decided I wanted to get out of Georgia. I'd been growing up there for most of my life. So I went down to Florida and personal trained a little bit there, did some bartending and serving, and then eventually got into corporate America, worked in insurance as an underwriter for two years. And um, from there, uh, that's where I met my wife. And uh, we moved up to Jersey a couple of years ago. Um, and about 18 months ago, I uh, was just sick and tired of what I was doing. Um, I was happy with my wife. Um, I didn't necessarily have a lot of bad things going on. Mm. I just was going through the motions. I let myself go physically. I'd put on a bunch of weight. I uh, was living paycheck to paycheck. I put myself into some debt. And it was just one day where I said, you know what? Like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Like, this is not what life is about, you know? And uh, it was that that point where I was like, you know, I just got to start fixing things in my life to, to kind of take everything to the next level because I didn't want to live this this average lifestyle. And so I, I, st I started with financially, which probably I, if I could go back, I probably would have started physically, but it's all hearsay now. So, <laughs> um, you know, I started financially, worked on um, increasing my income per month um, and to pay off the debt. And then I, I focused on men, mentality, and then that moved into physical fitness. And then now I'm I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at, um, but I'm not stopping here. It's just the fuck yeah. So that's one of the things that really stood out to me. So before we actually did this call, I reached out to you on Twitter, and we had that like hour long, or maybe it was half an hour, however long it was that call we did, and. Right. You were kind of like, well, you know, I don't have this like crazy transformation story. It's not like I had this horrible, terrible life before and just kind of like turn into Superman or Batman overnight. But I think a lot of people will resonate with that because 
You don't have to be like diagnosed with cancer to, to change your life. You don't have to be in this this crazy uh, freak accident or have this situation happen. It, it has nothing to do with what happens to you and just what you decide to be. And so right. I think you're you're a powerful testament to that. So the first question I want to ask you, I feel like a lot of people have these dissatisfactions with life and they notice these things like, all right, well, I shouldn't be this and I shouldn't be that, but they kind of let it slide. So obviously you were kind of in that same rut. There was a little bit of a buildup, but how did you make that committed decision? What was it that really kept you taking action day after day? Because I know you had days after that decision that you were like, man, I don't want to, I don't feel like doing X, Y, Z, but you still, you know what I'm saying? You did what you had to do. Right. Uh, You know, it it started with more of like a, a mental shift. It was, you know, you become what you consume, essentially. Um, and that that's friends, that's family, that's social media, that's what you watch on TV. And so the first thing I really did was I focused on like what I just call a complete detox of my life. Um, I didn't have any really toxic friends. I only have a few close friends. I have people I work with, which yeah. is cool. But so really eliminating toxic friends wasn't part of my process. It's probably a process a lot of people need to take. Um, but, but one main thing is if I was going to be on social media, I wanted to start consuming content that was going to better my life. Maybe it helps me learn a new skill. Maybe it's something with uh, a different workout routine. Maybe it's um, just some type of positivity. So I eliminated um, anything that wasn't going to be um, constructive to me leveling up essentially. So I, I stopped following the funny guy meme pages. I stopped following sports pages and I love sports. I'm a big sports guy. Um, I, because you know, that was for the weekends. And, but if I, if I was going to try to constantly improve each day during the week and on the weekends, I just didn't need to follow that while I'm on social media. Um, so that was the big thing. And the second thing mentally was while I wasn't really going through a ton of difficult times. I was just unhappy and I realized, you know what? There's there's billions of people probably that would kill to be in the position I'm in, even though I'm unhappy currently. So why should I be be disappointed or sad in my life? It's it's my choices as to why I'm here. So I just came in this mindset of, you know what? Every day I wake up is a blessing and you got to take it that way because there's tons of people, you know, 70, 80, 100,000 people that don't make it to the next day. And so that's how I started to live my life. I'd wake up, um, and and it wasn't always easy, but you wake up and, you know, you just think, all right, cool, I'm alive. I made it another day. Now let's work on X, Y, and Z. And you're definitely right. There's days where, and I still have days where I'm like, nah, I don't feel like doing anything today, you know? Um, But what keeps me motivated and to continue to push forward um, it's really kind of simple. It's I look back at where I was, let's say two years ago, and I think I don't ever want to go back there again. Um, I don't want to be that that fat, fat unhealthy guy. I don't want to um, be broke. I don't want to be in in credit card debt. I don't want to wake up wanting to know if I had a purpose. I don't want to go back there. And I think a lot of people are probably in this position. Um, and, but they feel like they're stuck in this day-to-day routine of waking up, getting ready, going to work, coming home, eating dinner, watching TV, going to bed. 
and then they wonder why their life isn't changing in any specific way. But the, the key is you got to change up your routine a little bit. Sure, you have to go to work, and that's cool. But why not, instead of going straight home, why not hit the gym? Why not go in straight home, go to the library, or go to a coffee shop and, and work on something that's going to benefit you? It doesn't necessarily have to make you money. Something that maybe you're passionate about. Maybe you want to get into public speaking. Maybe you start taking classes on that. Maybe you... Um, want to get into e-com that's going to make you money so you start working on that side hustle um people got to change up the routine because if the routine has been the same for so long and nothing's changed then um essentially that's their fault because they've stuck yeah. in this routine yeah. and that was that was a hard pill to swallow is realize that all my decisions were my decisions and for the place that i was at it was all my fault and that's a hard pill to swallow because yeah. you it's it's so easy we live in a culture that's uh, we can blame this. We can blame mm. that. It's their fault. It's my boss's fault. He's an asshole. Um, you know, all these different, we want to blame, blame, blame. Yeah. We don't want to take responsibility, you know? And that's that's a big deal. You need to take responsibility for your life or you're going to be living, you know, you're going to be a slave to what everyone else does, you know? I can relate to that hugely. Yeah. So for me, what you said was just so powerful. Um, so like we talked about on that call, I'm just like a very success oriented person. And when I got to a place where it was like, I don't want to be here, uh, internally, I felt like, man, this is it. I fucked up my life. I'm just like, you know, destined for whatever. And I was just in my head. And I think the most important thing is when you get to a place in life where you don't like, cause it's, it's inevitable. You're going to make a wrong turn. Something's going to happen. You're going to end up in a situation that you don't like. Instead of just wallowing in it, you just have to realize, all right, I'm in this situation. How did I get here? Why don't I like it? How can I keep it from happening again? Uh, right. But for me, just to, just to, the fact of being there, it was just like, ah, oh, fucked up. I can't, you know, it's got to like, I think that's like an ostrich. So you just like stick their head in the sand. I was like, man, right. this is, I'm fucked. And this is, it's all mindset, like you said. So 100%, I definitely relate there. Um, and I think a lot of people can too. Absolutely, man. No, it's a, it's a, you know, I think, I think we're so used to, we're bombarded daily with, especially like on Instagram and Facebook, how perfect everyone's life is when it, in reality it's not, yeah. but everyone wants to put their best stuff out there for the most part. And so you think, oh, you, you see someone that just went on some dope vacation or they just bought a new car or, you know. They went hiking in the Alps, whatever they did, you know, you're like, wow, their life is so nice. And then you look at you, you know, you take a look at your own self-reflection. You're like, uh, I'm going to this job that I hate. I am trying to pay off 40 grand in, in debt. And I'm just, you know, just unhappy. When in reality, like no one's life's perfect. Right. Um, my life's not perfect. Your life's not perfect. I don't know anyone's life that's perfect. <laughs> so... Um, you know, I think people take too seriously what's posted on social media as far as lifestyle goes. I mean, there's a lot of fake people out there, too. True. So, um, you know, you know, I'll post stuff when I when I go somewhere cool, but it's not like I'm going traveling every single day. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a pretty normal guy. Um, I coach six days a week. I don't I don't go out partying, really. It's not really my thing. That's kind of out of my scene now takes me too long to recover anyway <laughs> and um you know i just i i live a pretty simple lifestyle i'm not you know 
buying expensive di- dinners every night or anything like that. Would that be cool to do? Sure, but that's just not my type of thing. I like to keep it simple. So I try not to compare myself to other people. Uh, that's a big thing, is um, especially when I got out of college and you know three, four years later, I'd see what I was doing and then I'd compare it to people I graduated with and I'd see, oh, they're working for this big tech company and here I am bartending at a country club. Mm-hmm. And you kind of get this mindset of what am I doing with my life? 100%. Um, when in reality, it's just kind of kind of a process. So if you can eliminate the negative um, and the toxic um, things from social media and, and you can eliminate you comparing yourself to other people, then you can just focus on you. Because if you have this goal of trying to make a positive impact, you're not going to be able to effectively do that unless you can change yourself first. That's a big fact. So I'm going to let that sit for a second just because I was heavy. I was heavy. I like that. But honestly, I think that's one of the things I respect about you the most. Um, it's just you're a super humble guy, but you're not really looking to impress anybody. Honestly, you know, you might even offend some people with uh, just like some of the stuff you tweet. Like, you know, you don't have 10K in your wallet or, you know, you shouldn't be partying this weekend or like your priorities yeah. are fucked. And just, yeah, man. this is like people raw get truth. By that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's like it's raw truth. It's stuff people need to hear, but they don't want to hear. And so like right. you say that to them and they give you that backlash because they don't want to hear that. You know, you're in their mind they're in this bubble and what you're saying is outside of that bubble so they try to tune that out but in reality you can't really change the facts until you face the facts right no for sure and you kind of bring it up that tweet i tweet something similar to that just about every friday and i always get some type of backlash (laughs) i do it on purpose one it's free engagement two um people eat it up and then i always get you know people upset over it you know i get the and I think people take it a little too seriously. I'm not saying don't hang out and don't mm. have a good time, but if you're wondering why you're broke all the time, there's probably an underlying reason for it, probably what you're spending your money on. But coming to that, when I get the backlash, and I get a lot of backlash from, from different things I post on, specifically Twitter, because sometimes it's just my own personal opinion. I don't yeah. need anyone to agree with me. Um, and the thing is, is you got to be able to, and this is, this is going back to mentality, is you've literally got to just stop giving a shit about what other people think of you. It's one thing to, it matters um, what, who, like, when you associate yourself with, with people you respect, obviously you want to make a good impression. Yeah. But, like, I quite frankly, I'm not going to give a shit about someone who's, who's talking crap on me on, on Twitter that's some anonymous twitter account with with 13 followers right like, i just don't care you know <laughs> um and that's something that people have a hard time doing they get triggered so easily by words on the screen um in reality like i just don't see a point like they may remember that if you don't have ten thousand dollar tweet and that may bother them the whole weekend i'm not going to be bothered by their <laughs> by their comment like i just don't care 100 percent. i mean it's probably because there's some validity to it that's why they're bothered you know right so, and like AJ Cortez always says, if you get offended, it's your fault. Literally, because that's yep. your you choose that reaction, you right. choose that response. So, one hundred percent, I agree. I'm a co-sign with AJ. Yep. <laughs> so, I want to kind of hop into the the nitty gritty of your transformation. I know you said you started off with the financials. Uh, so, kind of talk to me, like, what did that look like? Because I know you transitioned from 
uh, being in a, a situation with your income that you were uncomfortable with and unhappy with, and now you're doing a lot better than most. So for other people who are trying to replicate it, kind of walk us through that process. How did that start for you? Right. So I had just started um, a new job. I was working at a coin auctioning company. Um, it was all based online. Um, so I was working, um, but I had about it's either between eight to ten thousand dollars in credit card debt, and the interest was about to hit. It was for my wedding. Oh, great! Um, and I was like, oh, and you know, people make this mistake of just making minimum credit card payments, and that—that's financial literacy, and that's a whole different topic for a whole different day. <laughs> but uh, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, a huge relief of stress would be lifted off my shoulders if I could just get this paid off. So. Uh, what what started this process was okay. I I literally wrote down what I what I spent my money on for a month. Actually, I think I did this for two or three months. How much money I made from what? Because I I was coaching. I did private lessons, and then um, I worked this job. And then I looked at what my normal bills were um, and how much I had left over. And I said, okay, well, I still need to put money away in case of some type of emergency. But I need to get this debt paid off. Stat like as soon as possible so I set a goal I started really aggressively paying this off um, it was like June of last year and I wanted to have it paid off by December so I thought okay here's my income per month I need to make more because budgeting Nick Phil and Diamond cutting out a Netflix subscription $10 or $13 a month ain't gonna do it and that's the problem I think people are getting stuck in I need to cut out this expense and this expense which is true, it helps, you know, you don't need to go out to eat every single day. You don't need to, um, you know, buy a new pair of shoes every paycheck. But the fastest way for me to pay off debt was to earn more money per month and that difference in income would go towards the debt directly. So um, I started thinking of ways to make more money and, you know, I had flipped some stuff when I was in college and I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna start flipping stuff again. And so I started doing this whole arbitrage where I'm going to yard sales and garage sales and thrift stores and consignment shops and Facebook marketplace. And I started finding stuff to flip. And I started with coins because I already worked in coins. I was knowledgeable in that. And I started with baseball cards um, and some NFL and basketball because I used to collect those growing up. And so I started flipping that stuff. And um, then I managed a social media account for the company I worked for for a couple months, which was an extra, um, I think, 400 bucks a month, which wasn't bad. And so through doing all these things and cutting out a few expenses um, and working a few more hours, instead of paying everything off by December, I paid everything off at the end of October. Oh, shit, nice. So, um, Congratulations, dog. Thanks, man. It, it, was, it was a good feeling. Um, my wife asked me, she goes, what are you going to do to celebrate? I said, absolutely nothing. I'm just working. Um, but, so I got this debt paid off, but I was like, I mean, that's cool. But I was starting to, you know, absorb the content on Twitter, like the whole e-com, um, entrepreneurship type of thing. And I thought, there's got to be a way that I can start making some money online that maybe I can make money while I sleep. Maybe I could, I don't want to trade time for money for the rest of my life. So 
I'd been flipping, obviously, and I thought, you know, I was doing pretty good with that, and no one's really talking about it. And really, when it comes down to it, not everyone's cut out for entrepreneurship. Not everyone's cut out to start their own business, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I don't think people should rely on one source of income. 100%. So I thought, what if I, I don't know, what if I created some type of product to show people how to flip? And I know that there's free information out there, um, but people rarely use free information. If they pay for it, they have a financial interest in it, an investment, essentially. So December last year, I ran a poll um, who would be interested in, you know, of course, in how to make, you know, extra money flipping. And surprisingly, uh, 80% of people said yes. And so that was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Like, it's time to go. Um, So I released that in January of uh, this year, January 25th. Quick action. Look at you. Okay. Yeah. Like a month turnaround. I like that. Yeah. So did that in a month. um, And I was a little nervous to release it just from the fact that, hey, this could be a total bust. Yeah. Or this could do okay or it could do really well. And, um, but I tried to take out the negative thought of this could be a complete waste of time because I was going to learn how to do it anyway. I was going to learn how to create something that was actually mine, my own first digital product. So I released it and it's, it's done really well. Um, some, some months it does better than others, but I'm still blown away by the amount of sales that I've gotten from it. And then the best part about it is, you know, you get people who actually use that information and, and use it to their advantage. Like I, one guy um, in Canada, his name's Kyle. I think he bought the course back in February, March. He's he's made an extra fifteen k profit. Nice. Just off flipping stuff, and he works a full time job. He's got a family, and you know that to me gets me pumped. Like um, when you put something out there that you truly believe in, it's something that you've done personally, and then you see other people get results. I mean, he's just one example. And, Another guy out in California quit his job at Costco and flips full time. Nice. Um, it's just little things like that. So that was how that whole journey started. And now um, I've paid off my debt. And each month I'm just constantly focused on increase my income just a tick. It doesn't have to. I don't have to go from zero to a hundred k in a month. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> every month I'm just slowly trying to increase because I'm trying to get to that passive income. Um, I have a number, it's probably between 15 to 20,000 a month, um, where if I can get that and that becomes consistent passive income, I don't have to have to worry about anything ever. I don't spend a lot of money, so I save most of my money. So, or I invest it so I can get to that point and I can start, um, traveling more and, you know, saying yes more than no. So... Where did that come from? That's interesting to me. You have a very, um, it's a progressive mindset, but it's also very, very patient. I don't know if that came from, you know, you uh, detoxifying your social media, but I know a lot of people, you know, they see it and they got to have it right now. But for you, it's very incrementalized. Did that kind of come from the coaching that you're already doing or where, where did that mindset come from? I think it's probably a combination of, coaching and things I learned from my parents. Um, you know, like I said, my parents were divorced, but I was blessed to have them in my life. 
the whole time. They're both still alive. You know, I've watched my dad. Um, when I was born, he was 30. He was a, his first job in forestry was marking trees in Maine during the winter. Getting paid nothing. He was, he was dead broke. And now I look at him now, he's, he's done extremely well for himself. Um, and, you know, he travels when he wants. He's about to build his retirement house up in the middle of oh, nowhere nice. in Georgia. <laughs> he goes to South America four to five times a year. Jeez. And, you know, he he's always worked hard. And I've watched him progressively just make smart, smart financial decisions, take some risk where he could, and, you know, just didn't buy any unnecessary shit. So that's part of it. And then from the coaching standpoint, like I coach competitive cheerleading. So, you know, when, when I coach an athlete, let's say I'm coaching their very basic beginner and they're trying to learn how to tumble. I'm not thinking of how can I get them this first or second skill they need. I'm thinking, how can I get them those upper level skills? I know that it could take years, but how can I mold them into an athlete that one, they believe in themselves, they become stronger um, and they become passionate about it, and they're willing to put in the work, whether it takes them six months to get a new skill or five years to get to that upper level that they say they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it's a patience thing as well. I, I got to be extremely patient when I coach because, you know, human nature, you still want things to happen yesterday. Yes. So, like, <laughs> I can't say that, like, I'm the most patient person in the world, but I know that everything's a process just from personal experience. And if you if you believe that it's going to be worth it, then you'll stick to it. Um, a lot of people have this fake, oh, I want this really bad, and they they go for they start for a month and they quit. And I'm like, yeah. you didn't really want it. You didn't want it bad enough. You just said you wanted it because everyone else was doing it. You didn't actually want it. If you really wanted it, you would stick with it. Simple as that. Yeah. <laughs> no, for sure. So as you made this transformation, I'm sure. Um... I guess there are people in your life that kind of, you know, you were repelled away with your progress. Kind of talk to me about how you handled that. Yeah, so, you know, like I said, I before I kept my my circle of friends pretty close, I didn't, I wasn't, I'm always friendly with a bunch of people, but I've always been particular about who I hang out with. But as I started to progress, um, you know, you just kind of grow away from the meaningless BS that you used to do like going out every weekend like that doesn't interest me like i have no interest in going out um like i like to go have a good time once in a while but like i I stopped going out to the clubs i stopped um going out to the bars every weekend Um, and you know sometimes you get this someone may approach you and say you're different you've changed and my my response is kind of blunt but it's I know I've changed, but the problem is you haven't. You're still doing the same thing, you know? Um, and you what? You wonder why your life hasn't changed. I mean, I thought my life didn't change for a while until I actively worked towards making a change in this area and then moving on to the next, and you're still doing the same shit you were doing when you were early 20s. So, like, for me, I don't want to associate myself with that. I'm always going to be friendly. I'll always be there if they need me. But, you know, you just kind of you spend less time on them unless they're willing to, to make that change. You know, um, I'm not a people pleaser. Um, 
life's too short to be a people pleaser. I'm focused on myself, my family, and my future kids, and trying to make the biggest positive impact I can, but I'm not going to try to please everyone. That's, that sounds exhausting. I've never been a people pleaser anyway, so that just sounds mentally and physically exhausting, and I see people do it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. You know, they want to they want to impress their employer. Um, they want to impress their friends. They want to, you know, impress their boss, whoever. Um, and, and it's good to do good work. It's, it's another thing to go above and beyond for people who, who really don't care. That's right. Going. So that's my mindset. I that. think that's interesting, though, because people make it seem like if you're not a people pleaser, you're like an asshole or a dick. But you just, like, one of your goals is to make, you know, that positive impact that you were just talking about. But it's like you can still make a positive impact without kissing ass. And I, right. I think that's a very important distinction to make. <laughs> no, that's like, you know, uh, I've coached at a couple different gyms, you know, as I moved to different states from Georgia, Florida, Ohio, and Jersey. And at each gym I started at, you know, when I moved, the first impression that all the kids got is, this guy's an asshole. He's a jerk. I don't like him. And that's fine. Like, I don't care. I'm just brutally honest. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. Life is, it may be sugarcoated on social media. Your parents may sugarcoat it. Mm. But life's pretty black and white. It's, you either grow with the times and you, and you strive to be better or you get left behind. And so it's the same with, with cheerleading and competition. It's, you either get better at this skill we either work on perfecting this part of the routine or uh, working on your mindset or you get left behind. Your friends are going to move up because they decided to work harder and, and you chose to just complain. Um, and so like after a short period of time, they start to warm up and you know, you, you know, I get messages and stuff like, Hey, just appreciate everything you've done. Um, or thanks for making a positive impact on my life. Like kids that graduate and, um, to me, that makes it all worth it. So, you know, if I made some type of positive impact on their life, but they thought I was an asshole when I first started, I'm cool with that. <laughs> you know, I'm not there to be their friend. Right. I'm, I'm there to instruct them to the best of my ability and, uh, and to help them become the, the best version of themselves as possible. Definitely. I like that. So for what I'm hearing, it really just sounds like you're really grounded in your purpose and you're very firm, uh, and aware of who you are. So knowing who you are, what you're doing and why you're doing it, it's like, I have all, you know, I, I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. So everything else is, I'm not going to say it's irrelevant, but it's not going to factor in as deeply as some other people might take it, which right. makes a hundred percent sense to me. Yeah. So, but it's not to say like, I know my purpose with coaching as far as like what I'm doing now on Twitter and, and social media and affiliate marketing and stuff, I don't necessarily know what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every day I try to put out a somewhat positive message and I like to connect with people. Like, this is fun for me. Like, I'm having a blast right now. <laughs> you know, this you is what mean. I enjoy doing. Do I know, will I be doing this 10 years from now? I have no idea. I'm 30 years old. I still don't, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I just know that I'm enjoying where I'm at right now. Yeah. And I'm going to continue to push forward. And as I um, continue to take it up to the next level, I'm sure more opportunities will present themselves. And maybe I go after something completely different. Who knows? 100%. I like that.
No, that makes me yeah. feel good too, because I'm I'm younger than you, and I still like. Sometimes I'm mad at myself because I don't have it all figured out. But ha- hearing somebody who's older than me, like you know, there's still these things I don't have completely figured out, or I'm feeling my way through this is definitely a good feeling. But I want right. to ask you, you know, kind of the transformation from average Joe to to savage Joe. What would you say were kind of like some of the the key staples in there? So obviously we had the detoxing of the social media. You kind of got your money right. You got your mindset right. You got your body right. What you know? What else are we we missing? Or were there any like big, um, I don't know, issues that you had to overcome that kind of solidified your transformation? Um, I think, you know, I, always in school, at college, I was a procrastinator, and I still am at times. Um, so the big thing was to try to, and it's not going to go away overnight, but the big thing, a big thing was to try to stop procrastinating and just say, hey, you know, I, I need to get these three things done today. I'm not going to wait till the end of the day to do them. I just need to get them done in the morning when I'm most productive. Um, by the end of the day, when I get home from coaching, it's 10, 10.30 at night, yeah. and I don't want to do anything. <laughs> so um, that was a big thing. Um, and it, this, this gets tossed around uh, on Twitter. It makes it sound like an echo chamber, but it's really just being about consistent. You know, you hear consistent action is key, and it really is. It's day in, day out. You're not always going to be good. It's not always going to be a great day. Um, you're not always going to get what you need to get done, and that's fine. You may not get anything done on a day or two, and, and that's okay as well. It happens to everyone. But the thing is, you, you got to be able to bounce back just because you missed a day or you had a shitty day yesterday doesn't mean that today's got to be that way. Mm. Just because you missed a workout yesterday doesn't mean you got to miss today. Um, you can't always control what happens in your life, but you can control how you react to it. And, and I think that's the one of the biggest things that I struggled with, but then overachieved, and I'm, I feel like I'm pretty good with now. And that's something that I continue to work on every single day is, you know, something that used to bother me doesn't bother me anymore. Um, you know, when I was, you know, three years ago, if someone cut me off on the road, I'd get pissed. Now, just like, they're probably in a rush. <laughs> like, I'm not in a rush, you know. Uh, maybe they, maybe you know, I try to think of what maybe they're going through. Maybe they got to get to the hospital. Maybe right. they had a bad day. It's not worth me getting upset over. So it's just little things. And that seems so small, but if you can, if someone cuts you off and you just control your reaction to that, that means when something else that's negative happens in your life, you can control your reactions to that and really um, try to think with a clear mind before um, too many people speak before they think. Yeah. So I like to think try to really think is this worth getting upset over and 95 to 99% of the time it's not sometimes I still get upset (laughs) especially coaching (laughs) but you know you recognize it though so it's cool (laughs) yeah yeah for sure I think one of the things you said super powerful and this was something that I wanted to bring up anyway so it was just like before you really I guess change your life and transform things before you kind of started leveraging the different opportunities that are in front of you you really had to master yourself so like now you know you're teaching people how to go out and flip you got your, your email stuff you, you got a lot of online uh, money coming in right but before you right. could really leverage those opportunities you know the smartphone the internet the whatever the stuff that's always been there 
or at least you know I'm not gonna say it's always been, but you know what I mean. Um, right. But it's like you had to really master yourself and take control of yourself. So people make it seem like, oh well, I don't have the latest iPhone or I don't have you know high fiber optics for my internet, so I can't do X Y Z. But really, it just comes down to to mastering yourself first. Uh, what were like a couple of those things you did for yourself to to keep showing up and to really uh, hammer down your discipline? Yeah, it was like I kind of mentioned earlier. It was taking, you know, as I make progress, whether it was paying off my debt, whether I made an extra thousand dollars payment on it, or whether I lost an extra two or three pounds, or um, you know, something. I I always look back and say and look at where I was and say I don't want to go back there so then I keep moving forward um, kind of going back to like and I stopped making excuses that was that was when you were talking about the newest iPhone I was like that's people just making excuses there <laughs> if you can eliminate excuses from your life and it's not this is probably one of the most difficult things if you can eliminate excuses and you can just say no I'm not going to make an excuse I'm just going to either do it and if I fail, I fail. I learn something. That if something positive happens out of it, fantastic. If you can eliminate excuses, you're gonna your life's gonna change. Um, so I stopped saying, um, you know, people would talk about, oh, uh, I want to go. You know, friends would talk about, I want to go on vacation. Let's go to Vegas. And I stopped saying I can't afford that. And I thought, how can I afford that? And I knew that if I broke that down, how can I afford that? Well, I have this amount of money now, I need to make this much per month for the next two months, three months, four months, and I'll be able to go. Um, or, oh, uh, you know, I try, you know, people's, let's take drop shipping, for example. Yeah. People see these results of people doing six figures a month in drop shipping. You know, they sell $100,000 worth of stuff, whatever it may be. And they think, I want that. If I work hard for a month, I'm going to get that. But in reality, that takes years. And so, but they make progress, but it's not fast enough for them. And so they stop. When in reality, it's like, I just take things as each little step. Every day you try to make a one small win. You try to improve your life by one one hundredth of a percent. It doesn't have to be a whole percent. Just in some area, try to make a small difference in your life every single day and then those little changes consistently end up making a big change yeah. uh, like I, I think I told you this on the phone I think people overestimate what they can accomplish in you know a week or a month but they underestimate what can happen in a year yeah um, a lot of people's lives can change in a year and a year sounds like a long time but in reality, I mean this year's flown by I mean quick I mean it's flown by the older I get the faster time seems to, to go by I promise it, it only gets faster. And, um, you know, this time last year, I hadn't made a dollar online other than, like, two shirts. One my mom purchased. Oh, so, <laughs> You know? So, and then now, I support myself and my wife from, from money made online. I'm not the richest person by any means. I'm not rich at all. But, but uh, but I'm striving to make my income, it. and yeah. it happened in it happened in 12 months. You know, it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like oh, I released this product, I just made 10 grand. <laughs> it wasn't like that. Um, but that's that's the beauty of it is if you can make small consistent changes, 
uh, those add up into one huge lifestyle transformation. Um, you know, you could have someone that goes and works out for a week and they work out for five hours every single day. And so they, you know, maybe they put in 30 hours at the gym in a week. But the person that goes for six months for 30 minutes a day is going to see more changes than that one person yeah. is in a, in a week. It's just how it goes. Consistency but always wins. It does. One of the things I've noticed about you, uh, which I like, is, you know, you are... You embrace the grittiness, you know? It doesn't have to be sexy. It just needs to, to work. Have you always been that way? And if not, when did you really start to kind of embrace that? I I would say I've never been into... I, I feel like I've probably always been this way. You know, growing up, especially in high school, people are like, I want this car, I want that car. Yeah. I was like, I don't give a shit, <laughs> you know? Um, I just... I'd rather travel. You know, or I'd rather eat a good steak. Or uh, I've never been into much of like shiny objects. I don't have the shiny object syndrome, mm -hmm. um, and I think I got that from my dad. Um, my dad has has done extremely well for himself, but you would never know it because he lives a pretty normal lifestyle. Okay, yeah. Um, you know, he. You know, little things I learned from him is, you know, anytime he buys a new car, he pays it off. He pays it in cash. He doesn't go into debt over it. He doesn't. Could he afford a super nice car? Yeah, absolutely. But he doesn't want it. He doesn't need it. Um, that's, so that's something that how I've always been. I don't have that shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. But there's been times in my life where, you know, I see what other people have and I'm like, okay, maybe I want that. Maybe it's, you know, Maybe it is a new car. Maybe it's it's a nicer house. But I try to take myself back to, okay, well, if I actually really want that, I need to set myself up for it. I'm not trying to keep up with the Joneses. Right. The Joneses are broke, you know. Um, and so I, I try to um, really just focus on, like I said, making small, consistent changes. And if it's something that I want, and I truly want, it's still going to be there two years from now. It's still going to be there five years from now. So if I still want it then, sure, maybe I'll go buy it. But uh, I don't want to sacrifice the progress I've made, especially financially, um, just so I can have a some type of possession that's only going to bring me temporary happiness. That's kind of a fake happiness anyway. Right. You know, I enjoy... Like endorphins. Yeah, it's just that dopamine head. Yeah. You know, it's just like just like social media, the notifications are dopamine heads. Every sale I get online is a dopamine head. Um, anytime I flip something, it's a dopamine head, but it's temporary. Um, but the real happiness lies in, okay, well, those temporary dopamine heads are nice, but I don't have to work a nine-to-five. That's the real, that's the happiness yeah. behind the small dopamine heads. Or... Because that's long-lasting, you know? Yeah. So um, people just get so caught up in what everyone else has, they forget to um, be thankful for what they have um, or they don't want to work for it. You know, I always say um, be thankful for what you have and go work for what you want. Like, people are scared of work. They think it happens overnight. Um, you know, some people it does happen almost 
overnight, but that's because they busted their ass. So they see no results, no results, no results for three months, six months, a year, five years, and then, bam, everything clicks, and it happens. And so people think that, oh, this person, you know, got these massive results overnight. It's never that way. Um, there, there's a lot of work for it. Social media is just where you show your results. It's hard. That's a big problem I see uh, with social media. You can you post your threads and you can post the process down, but every, you're still going to end up posting your results at the end, and people only look at those yeah. and think, okay, well, I can do that too, and it's true. But they don't really, uh, they don't become consumed with the process, and so they end up quitting. You got to enjoy the process. So when you were looking to, to up your income, was it, did you just immediately go back to flipping or like, I'm curious, like, were there some processes that you tried and just kind of, they weren't a good fit for you? Um, well, I knew that with like the different things with econ, like drop shipping and copywriting and stuff, you know, those were skills that you needed to acquire and, and work on for months. But I had this goal of paying off my debt fast. So I was like, I can flip stuff and make money today. I don't have to work on a Shopify account yeah. and hopefully six months from now become profitable or a month or a year from now. But I knew that like flipping, while it doesn't sound sexy, it brings in cash. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to go with that for now. And maybe I can teach people how to do it after. Um, that's another thing is people focus on sexy i just focus on cash flow is it going to bring me positive income and how fast um that's not to say that i'm impatient but you know i'm, I'm working on um, ebay drop shipping now i know this is going to be a process for me i know this is going to take me some time yeah but um i'm okay with that i don't i'm not i don't need the cash right away i don't need $100,000 in sales this month. I don't need that. Will it happen? I sure hope so. But uh, I'm okay with working the process. I think that's huge, dude. Um, I wouldn't call that impatient either. I think that was really just really, you were practical. So you started off with the eBay. For one, you'd already experimented with experimented with it so you knew it was successful but then two you were flipping stuff that you're already competent in you know you're a sports guy you've said that uh, a couple of times on this call so you're trading you know things that were regarding sports so really you just started off with your strengths you knew there might be other things you wanted to get into but you started off in the most practical space with the goal that you had so you could start making progress sooner than later because the quicker you can kind of see progress the more confidence you're going to have in yourself and the easier it's going to be to keep showing up so i mean it makes 100 percent sense but most people yeah. don't do that. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, you know, I'm not saying people got to flip, but, you know, I keep hearing, you know, you see all the, I'm so broke. I tried this and it didn't work out. And I'm like, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. There's a million and one ways to make money. Yeah. It doesn't have to be sexy. Um, just can you do it in your spare time? You just got to figure out what you want to do. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be a passion. Mm. I enjoy flipping. Like, there's something about buying something for a dollar and selling it for ten. It doesn't sound like a lot of money to people, but like, if I could buy a coffee mug at a yard sale for a quarter and sell it for ten bucks, I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> you know, um, and, you know, that's just 
one of those little temporary dopamine hits. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you could wash cars. It's getting cold in Jersey. You can shovel snow. You can. There's a million different ways. Um, I think people just look for what's going to give them the most results the fastest, and that's where they. Um, that's where they make the mistake because they think that this person making $10,000 a month from an agency, you know, they can do that in a month. And in reality, probably not going to happen. Um, I think people are looking for essentially the, the lottery when it comes to income. Yeah. Um, so like I said, that's why I can't, I didn't, I typically like I try to respond to everyone who asks me a question, but I don't respond to people with who ask how do I make money. And I'm like, you have a phone, you can stop your <laughs> iPhone. Google that. <laughs> Why don't you type in side hustles, and there's going to be an article that's like the third one down that has like 187 ways to make extra money. You didn't even do any research. Right. You're just looking for a quick answer to try. Like that's what I can't stand is I I stray away from the people who who are lazy i can't stand laziness i don't let my athletes be lazy i'm not lazy i don't i just lazy people end up unhappy e e shit i was gonna ask you a question but i might lazy i can't i can't say that i know anyone who's really lazy and who's happy to be honest i don't know anyone that's interesting. Because now that you're saying it, I can't really think of anybody either. That really just hit me. I don't think I know anyone that's really lazy and happy. Yeah. I don't think so. I'm going to ask you one more question and we're going to wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's dope. I'm definitely going to make that a clip. Uh, but just so you've talked about your dad a lot and just like how his financial success and just like his, his blueprint kind of, you know, I've kind of walked you through. And so my question for you is, do you know anybody else who has had a similar success? Because if not, like, let's say for me, my dad's not the successful dad that your dad is. So, like, if I wanted to go learn that, how would I kind of replicate that? Or how would I go look for these people if, like, you know, and, and when you see them, they're, they look like everybody else. So you're not sure how their their economic situation is. How would you go about finding uh, somebody else who you can uh, model off of, if that makes sense? You know, sometimes it's, if it, if you're going to do it on social media, it's easy to follow the big accounts that mm-hmm. have, you know, 40, 50, 100,000 followers. But sometimes it's, it kind of lies in, in the people commenting who are agreeing or um, even the smaller accounts. Like, there's a couple people I follow that have maybe less than 1,000 followers. There's, I know one guy for sure, he's got maybe $200. He has a small account, but he owns his own construction business. He did $8 million in profit this year. You wouldn't know because he doesn't really talk about it. Yeah. Um, just So people will just kind of make comments and you kind of get a feel of, they kind of sound like they know what they're talking about, but they're not posting glamour shots of their lifestyle. Um, you know, something for my dad, you know, there was two books that I read that um, I think everyone should read. Actually, let's make that three. Um, Rich Dad Poor Dad has always talked about I think that's good um, that was one of the first books I read and I, that kind of opened my eyes and that kind of reminded me of what my dad did Yeah. Um, 
the second one was The Millionaire Next Door. And that really, that was more of just a breakdown between what millionaires spend their money on compared to what the average person spends it on. Yeah. And you'll actually notice that, although you see the, you know, the lifestyles of the rich and famous, you know, um, on this yacht, on this cruise, most millionaires don't spend their money. They spend less than what the middle class uh, and the really broke people do. Um, so that was kind of eye-opening. Um, you know, something like in that book, something like 70% of millionaires don't spend more than like $500 on a suit. And then 80% never spend more than $200 on a pair of shoes. And I thought it was just little statistics like that. where mm-hmm. I was like, that's pretty interesting. I haven't read that book, but that's interesting. Um, and then there's one of the ones called The Art of Living by Bob Proctor. Oh, man. I got two or three of those books. Yeah. Um, that was good. Um, that kind of went into him kind of just showing how he turned, you know, became successful in business, but it was a little bit of a mindset game. You want to make a million dollars or you just got to go do it? What, whatever it is that you want to go for, you just got to go after it be relentlessly pursuing it um, there's a ton of great books out there but sometimes you know maybe you don't have people aren't always blessed to have that type of um, figure in their life to yeah. help guide them so sometimes it's just going from books sometimes it's finding people on social media they don't have to know you and you don't necessarily have to know them personally but you know there's people out there that put out a ton of great content that you know you'll know in the comments if they're getting engagement and people are commenting, yeah, I did this, it worked for me. Um, or, you know, maybe it's just watching YouTube, you know? We have, <laughs> we got a smartphone, all right? We got more power than any individual has ever had in human history off this little device. Um, you can connect with people, you can start a business from it, you can flip stuff from it, or you can use it for bullshit. <laughs> That's fact. Okay, ninety percent of people use it for bullshit, and they're worried about getting the newest iPhone because it has a better camera. I don't give a crap about the camera. My camera works just fine. Maybe the pictures end up being clearer, but the pictures I take when I flip stuff still work. You know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> like, I'm not worried right about the most you, clear photo. Um, sometimes it's just taking advantage. Um, of the opportunities, even though they may not seem like opportunities. Everyone's got a phone, but barely anyone uses it to their advantage, so why not you be able to use it to your advantage? Um, And, you know, uh, like I said, it's hard for me to understand sometimes people's problems because, you know, maybe single-parent home, maybe neither parents were around, maybe, um, you know, they had extremely tough times growing up. I think for those people, sometimes it's easy to blame their their situation growing up as to why they can't do something. Mm-hmm. They use it as a crutch yeah. rather than um, almost like an opportunity to say, hey, I went through this, I survived this. What can I go do with the rest of my life? That's How real. can I help other people? I mean, that's a, you know, there's, there's a ton of people that come from you know, single parent homes, or maybe parents were addicts, or um, maybe you're born like poor. Um, 
And if you can overcome those challenges and, and, and set yourself apart from how you grew up, then you have an advantage of being able to help other people who are in that similar situation do the same thing. Um, you know, internet's an amazing thing. There's a ton of resources out there um, to learn just about anything you want. Um, and sometimes it's just, it takes a little bit of time to weed out the BS and find the good relevant information but then when you find the good relevant information you got to put it to use yeah and pretty much eliminate the excuses you know it's huge man key to success right there easy (laughs) so we'll wrap it up i definitely appreciate you for coming on man uh for real quick uh anything you want to plug in uh, or anything like that go ahead the floor is open it's all yours um you know as i talked about i I have a course that's video-based that's teaching people how to make an additional 500 to 1000 or more dollars in profit per month from flipping. Um, I did that. It's called The Art of Flipping. Um, you can find that on my profile on Twitter. My handle is Coach Joe Hart. And uh, that's about it. Pretty simple. Awesome. <laughs> well, look, bro, I definitely appreciate you, Joe. Um, tons and tons of great content here. I'll be in touch. It's Champion Cultivator Podcast. Leave us a five-star review and... Till the next episode. Boom.